Welcome to the Talking Single podcast, a podcast featuring four strong, single and successful women, raised between Lagos and London, but now all living in London. Each week, we share our stories and experiences about being women navigating life, love and everything in between. We address stereotypes, misconceptions and even burst some myths about singlehood. And we do all that with a good dose of humour and a whole lot of style. I'm Crystal, the recovering love addict, and I'll be this week's host. Joining me are our other talking single ladies, Keisha, the cautiously uncoupled unromantic, wondering what the fuss is all about. Ribby, the cautious romantic, balancing life on her own terms. And Rashida, single, ready to mingle. Her heart is newly reopened for love. Our podcast is called Talking Single simply because it's what we do and who we are. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to the Talking Single podcast. It's your girl Crystal here and I am your host today and with me are Rashida, Ribby and Keisha. Hello ladies. Hey. Hello, hello. Um, we also have two guests in the house. We have Mr. JP, who was a guest on two episodes of season one. And JP is a British BLM activist and speaker. He's based in Berlin and he's a good friend of ours. Welcome, JP. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, you're welcome. We also have Cedric Perry in the house. Um, I asked Cedric to introduce himself. And uh, I didn't get a reply, so I decided to Google him. And the first thing I found said, Cedric Perry is eccentric, Berlin-based artist. He comes from Philly, by the way, of New York, tracing his soulful sound back to gospel roots, incorporating them into a smooth blend of jazz, R&B, and house. Welcome, Cedric. Um, How do you like being described as eccentric? Is it true? Uh, sometimes, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I also asked uh, Cedric and JP to send in their um, personas. And JP wrote, I've been called a commitment phobe. I have a few, not many trust issues when it comes to women, never knowing what they really want from me. I always want to know if I'm loved for me or if it's just because I make the person feel less alone. Regardless, I like to think I'm content by myself, but 70% of the time I'm romantically involved with someone else, at least casually. JP, what's what's that all about? (laughs) Um, I think that was, I don't know, I feel like actually that was written quite a, quite a while ago but I would say that a lot of that is still accurate yeah I would say that the majority of the time I do tend to feel like I'm like kind of romantically involved with someone I think this is probably like the first period where I'm actively not you know um involved and you know I suppose trying to maybe like spend time with myself they say the best person to date is yourself right so yeah kind of what I'm doing right now just dating myself treat myself you know Nice. So you're you're talking single. At, you're single at the moment. I'm talking single right now. I'm talking, talking single. 
Welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And Cedric um, said, I describe my my love style as adventurous and flirty. I'm open to trying anything once and I adore variety and spontaneity. But I also love the mundane and quirky things that come with routine and having a partner. I'm currently exploring my shadow side, which I think will open the door to my relationship with shame and repression. It's been quite rewarding. Cedric, (laughs) what does shadow side mean? I don't even remember writing that. (laughs) (laughs) This wasn't even long ago. (laughs) It's so dramatic. I live. I love it. See? Um, I would say for me, I think everybody has a bit of a, a shadow side. Maybe it's like, party subconscious maybe it's some things that you're hiding from the general public um and for me mine has come mostly from my relationship with my sexuality and my uh, parents religion so at mm. school i've like shielded most of the world from my queerness because you know safety mm. as well as in church so i think i kind of created this little personal world for myself when i was younger and I kind of just got used to going there whenever, you know, even until now, like I still have this special thing when it comes to like porn and masturbation, like it's it's separate from like my romantic sexual life. You know what I mean? It kind of yeah. feels kind of like shady or sketchy. And I'm just I'm yeah. wondering if it still needs to exist in the way that it does right now. Or if mm. I could kind of like let the guard down a bit, let other people into it and just be kind of, open about my you know everything yeah yeah i think we can all relate to that a little bit like we've got a side of ourselves that we hide yeah so anyway welcome everyone um today's topic is called what's love got to do with it okay (laughs) yeah so what's love got to do with it So if you've been alive long enough and you've heard or read about falling in, you may have heard or read that falling in love is like being on drugs. According to research, the feeling of euphoria you get when you fall in love is the same feeling that drug users experience. Both trigger the release of happy hormones like dopamine, oxytocin and adrenaline, giving you a natural high, which is why you have love addicts like me, but I'm recovering. It is also said when you fall in love, you can't avoid butterflies dancing and fooling around in your belly. These butterflies are caused by adrenaline, which floods your body during flight, fight or flight response situations. And I found it a bit weird that when you fall in love, your body, you, your body makes you feel like it needs to flee or fight. But unfortunately, scientists also say these feelings only last for a year. But given that our attention span as a human species is decreasing rapidly, and there are so many options out there, I wonder if it's affecting the way we love and how long those feelings last. So, ladies and gentlemen, what has love got to do with it? Everything and nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
Helps a lot. Thanks. <laughs> Can I say something? Yeah. Where did you see this thing about the year, about it lasting for a year? Um, I read it. I read it on. Uh, I read it like some research done. They said that it lasts. That the most it lasts is a year. The most. Okay. Yeah. I would definitely disagree. I've been in. A, yeah. Some like really peculiar long distance things that kind of stretch over like six years i think now oh, wow One. wow and whenever i go home i still get butterflies at the thought of seeing him you know like mm. it's like a safe warm space oh, wow. <laughs> okay but we're, we're not like in a committed relationship though so i guess i don't know if that counts maybe i get no i think it does i think this is committed relationships like when you're mm. in a committed relationship and you see each other often and we you're dating at that <laughs> so yeah. are we are we saying are we saying that when you're in a relationship and in love the love disappears after a year the feelings not the feelings those um feelings that are inside of you those the butterflies the dopamine the adrenaline according to research it stops after a year okay so but the relationship most. kills it so the relationship kills it um i don't i don't why would you say that though why would you say it's the relationship that kills it Mm, right Uh, i'm just being me (laughs) no but i'm curious why why that was what i read from that sentence okay yeah (laughs) that was my takeaway (laughs) depends on why it ends as well though right yeah why it ends i mean if you if the relationship ends because i don't know the other person was disloyal or something like that then i think you know you kind of put yourself in a position to get over it quickly you try to anyway if the if the relationship ends maybe because i don't know uh it didn't go like it, it ends amicably and you still are quite fond of the person maybe you spend a lot of time with them then i think that goes on for over you know it's still after a year you're still gonna have feelings for the person if you're married for like 30 years or something yeah. and then you break up like a year later you're not okay yeah, so this um, this research isn't actually wasn't actually about the relationship per se. It's about those feelings, those that excitement that you get, those uh, uh, those feelings that, that flood those butterflies, that adrenaline that floods your body. Mm. It stops. It stops at mm. most after a year, and most people do fall back into like a comfortable relationship, but it's not the case it's not like when you first meet someone or when you're first dating someone and it's all like when you see them you get that excitement so that's what um that was saying it wasn't necessarily that the relationship ends just the, those exciting feelings that make you almost sick <laughs> okay yeah yeah so um for us women when we were girls um speaking for myself mostly um we read fairy tales like cinderella and snow white and then in our teens we trade our fairy tales for rom-coms and romance novels um the problem with these stories is that they're not realistic and teach women to idolize the feeling the feelings of love looking for the tall dark handsome prince and knight to rescue us and believing sayings like love hurts love conquers or you complete me yada 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 which isn't necessarily true so what are your thoughts on uh this ladies have you what are your thoughts on fairy tales and rom-coms and all these things 
So I, do, I don't actually have an issue with fairy tales. They're fairy tales, right? Um, um, I actually have a bigger issue with Mills and Boone's, Harlequin, Romance, Sweet Valley High. Those are the ones that led me down the garden path <laughs> and told me that wait for a knight in shining armor and he will be rich and he will be fit and he will go the extra mile for you and you just have to be a stupid damsel in distress and love conquers all and yada 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 and sex will be fantastic the first time and all of that nonsense <laughs> i blame mills and boons and harlequin for all of that and sweet valley mm -hmm. high and all of that if there was a bonfire night i would take all those books and just go and burn them yep. burn them yep. all <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Yep. So would I. Yeah. And and another thing about those books is they don't tell you that the happily ever after needs work. They just mm. they, they they take you to the the point where the sex is fantastic, everything is rosy, and then keep it on the cliff where they get married because they all get married. Like apparently that yeah. is just the only way to go. So they get married and then they just leave you. They don't tell you like years and years later you got to put in the work to keep that thing alive hell it might not even yeah. be years and years later it might be the very next day she's like was that what i was waiting for <laughs> really <laughs> like uh the next day Pr uh, prince charming leaves his boxers on the settee and exactly. you're like what the hell he's <laughs> not so charming after all was he doesn't do laundry yeah there was a christmas thing that was done on bbc last year i think with david williams I think it was after Cinderella marries the prince at the ball. So it was the, their life after saying yes to him. But I think this started right after the ball. So they were dancing and Prince Charming just steps on her foot and she's like, what the hell? And it just descends into chaos. And I guess as the other ladies have said, all these meals and burns, even to, up until now, a lot of the rom-coms just teach women or kind of portray women as helpless females and you just keep waiting for this amazing man to do something amazing and even if for instance if he does something really stupid all he has to say is I love you I'm sorry and with one kiss everything just goes back to normal and you're like in real life it's so 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 different to that exactly um, so I want to know, what are men um, taught to believe about love growing up? Like, what were you guys taught about love and relationships? Who wants, uh, Cedric, do you want to go first? Um, sure. Krista, I think you and I touched on this a little bit yeah. the other day. Um, I had an interesting kind of way about it because my parents taught me two different things. Um, <laughs> my mom kind of taught me that... Um, you know, when I get older, I find a nice girl, preferably a virgin. We have babies, we get married, <laughs> you know, and you treat each other well and like you're the leader of the household. It was, she meant well and it was really, like, honestly, it's not the worst thing to believe. It's just not my, obviously, no thanks. Um, <laughs> and my dad, you know, I had like one of my, you know, the first girlfriend I told him about. Um, and I was just, I loved her. And I told my brother, my older brother that, and he told my dad. And my dad came to me and approached me. And I, I thought I was in trouble. He was like, said like, your brother told me what you said. Like, I don't want you thinking like that. Like you're too young. Like you're gonna be in, you're like, you're, you're supposed to be like, 
the man. Like you don't catch those kind of feelings. There are gonna be plenty of girls down the line. Like don't think like that. Just basically like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he was getting at. I thought it was stupid, but I, <laughs> like, don't fall in love. Men aren't supposed to fall in love, kind of. Thing. Don't have feelings. Like, just mm. be out here living for you. Everybody's here at your disposal. Women will come and go. Like, mm. oh wow. Yeah. Um. How about you, JP? What were you taught about love growing up? Um. So honestly, I think I was taught that love is kind of silent I suppose because I mean you're never really taught directly I was never really taught directly what love is like I just had an example which was my which were my parents um they were like my first example of what was supposed to be love you know they were married like the first you know, married couple that I spent time with were my parents and their relationship was terrible. <laughs> their relationship was dreadful. I didn't see them speak in a civil conversation like until I was in my teens. Wow. And that was two weeks before their divorce. So this is what I mean. Like I was really, I like, because I remember the first time I went around to um, my friend's house and then I saw his parents having a conversation and I was just like, this is weird to me. This is just strange. Like most of my friends, their parents were either divorced or something. Um, their parents didn't live under the same roof. I think I was just like British culture in the nineties or whatever. Nobody really was able to hold down a marriage. And then, um, you know, <laughs> for real. And then I saw my friend's parents talking and having a conversation. I was just like, this doesn't make sense. Like parent, that your, your parents aren't supposed to actually kiss and like, you know, play with each other. That's just wrong. So like my first um yeah like we were kind of taught that if you're in love with someone you don't really interact with them um you don't really show your vulnerabilities to them at all um and that's just in my household my parents stayed together uh for uh, for multiple reasons I think it was like for the benefit of the kids for the benefit of themselves um and you know it just became more convenient than to get a divorce and um like live independently of each other so for me i had a very warped kind of understanding of love and i think um you know even today i'm still trying to learn what that is and trying to understand that um i think as a whole men what we talk about love is kind of um there is kind of a happily ever after and if somebody loves you they'll love all of you even your faults which is just definitely not true um you know i feel like I feel like your faults are, they are unique to you, but somebody doesn't need to love them. You know, they don't need to love they don't worship you as a, uh, you know, as their partner. They don't need to do that. I feel like, yeah. Ooh. Um, question. Mm. So how love the conversation between guys, like with women, we always have the conversation of, do you like him? Does he give you butterflies? Oh, he's cute. Yeah, yeah, go for it. And we just egg each each other on based on these things we read in fairy tales. What kind of conversations do guys have or did you have with your friends growing up and now when people are in love or meeting new people? Um, I think it's a good one. That's like... It's a bit different, I suppose, um, depending on the guys. I feel like with 
more the people that are close to me they i don't know if i'm if i'm seeing someone and they know it's quite serious they don't tend to like ask about you know those kind of details like oh what's it like in in bed or whatever or, and stuff like that you know i don't i don't talk about that kind of stuff i think it's different um, with women because if you're serious with someone your nearest and dearest will hold conferences on the guy like well he did this oh wow let's analyze it and you just go over every detail with your nearest and dearest so i think it's different with men isn't it women hold court yeah yeah, yeah we that's do. amazing we do. it's why you can never want to fight with one have <laughs> <laughs> files examples time stamps like you're not gonna win this <laughs> uh, but i think that's really interesting like men also hold court but not in that way like it's like it's like just appraising women whether you would fu- mm. can i curse yeah curse away whether you would smash or not um what she looks like yeah that's what i remember from like back then like yes. obviously now my friend group is very different and a lot more inclusive and queer so i don't have those conversations <laughs> anymore but so what kind of conversation do you have now then about like relationships and like yeah. other th- um yeah we hold court <laughs> it's good that you like i have like all my friends are very different so i'll have friends who will tell me the raw truth mm-hmm. some might cushion it a bit to give me like a, a way to handle things and the other mm-hmm. person's like no cut it off mm-hmm. um for example i was dating not dating i was seeing a guy who was a little younger than me um and my friend got on stage and like blasted me in front of everybody. Wow. Oh, God. oh no. It was so wow. do we have the time? Can I say this? Like it was like um there was like some drag performance and she was like, Everybody put a question if you need advice on life, put a question into the bucket. Everybody mm-hmm. puts a question in. She opens it, she's like, This one says, My friend is dating a nineteen year old and I'm wondering what I should do. Like it it just goes into every detail and oh, like wow. look over like <laughs> Needless to say, I stopped seeing that guy the very next Oh, wow. Day, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but was, okay. it, was, it was Phoenix, JP. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was crazy. Wait, Phoenix was the one reading out the... Uh... Phoenix put the note into the bucket. In the note. Oh, okay, okay. So nobody oh. knew it was me. It was just Phoenix and me who knew and we were just <laughs> laughing, and everybody was like, it's not that funny. You <laughs> <laughs> oh opened it up to the jury as well. It was jury. However, the drag queen did stand up for me. You know, she was yeah. like, I met my boyfriend who's behind me doing sound when he was 19, and we've been together three years, and, he, you know, it's the most fulfilling relationship, so it's up to that person and that person. Okay. And like, oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what do we think are the foundations of a good relationship away from feelings? So after, uh, the feelings of love ends, is it all right to fall back on friendship or does the end of the feelings, the, uh, the oxytocin and the butterflies also mean the end of a relationship? I've often heard some couples say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I really don't get that. So, yeah, who wants to comment on that? Keisha? <laughs> I've, never... <laughs> I've never understood how 
people fall out with their exes. I've never understood why. Because if you if you cared about the person enough to date them, how do they suddenly become persona non grata when the relationship ends? I I've never got it. I've I've always been friends with all my exes. I mean, you know, genuinely, you should be happy that you know whatever was going wrong you've all moved on from it and even if you know even if you have to leave a little space in between when the friendship resumes but it shouldn't be a do or die affair i i just never understood how people couldn't be friends with their exes rashida what do you you wanted to say something yeah but i think it depends on why the relationship ended if the person was a lying cheating scumbag then Mm -hmm. Even if you did not date the person, the person will not even be your friend. So I think it's okay to burn those people, the friend, the, the bridges of friendship or communication with those people because they're not even nice people to be friends exactly. with. Not to, not to even talk of, oh, he's my ex and I'll still be his friend. Screw that shit. I have enough friends. So why can't you just sort of let sleeping dogs lie and become friends again? No, but what if the person was a really terrible person? Yeah. Exactly. What if they cheated on you? They were a dog. You give you because he's got some nice qualities. I'll be friends with him. No. No, Anyway, (laughs) but the thing is, right? If you are in a relationship with someone, and the relationship, and I I guess it it depends on the type of relationship that you'll have. If if it started off as a friendship and then evolved, it's possible that you could keep things as at a relation as a friendship level if the relationship ends i i don't know but um certainly i don't believe in ending relationship in a in a way that you can't talk to each other again unless the person cheated but personally you know there's a there's a reason why it moved from a relationship to a friendship if that's what happened or if it was just you guys met and you moved into relationship status when it ends let it end you know why do you need to keep keep things together if it wasn't starting off from a friendship why i don't i don't get it personally i don't hate any of my exes except the bastard that cheated on me may he yes, die in he hell him too. <laughs> but apart from, <laughs> but apart from that um i have no issues with exes typically you know but when it's over it's over for a reason right move on yeah mm. jp friends jp you wanted to say something yeah i think um just part of the reason why, you know, it's maybe hard to stay friends with your exes as well might be just because actually, you know, you like them, you like them too much. You know, maybe you love them too much and it's hard to kind of go from being someone that you um, were very close to and romantically involved with to then being like someone that you need to pretend not to have feelings for anymore. And that's really, it's really hard, you know. Um, especially if one, if one person moves on, the other person doesn't. That's hard, you know. Yeah. If, um, that's yeah. That's that's even harder. If like even if you know, let's say you both want to be in a relationship, but for whatever reason you can't be in the relationship, whatever that may be, then and it, but you still got to spend time with each other as well. That's a very hard situation to be in. Also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. It's a yeah, Cedric, what are your thoughts on it? I think there's a lot of factors. I think um, maturity is a big one. Um, kind of what you were talking about, JP, I think is a bit of like ego, maybe. Like it's a bit of like, you know, this person is so amazing and I have these crazy feelings for them. I have to possess them. Like, And if you can be mature enough to get past that part and just see 
the person for all the wonderful things that they are without being committed sexually or like romantically to you, then, you know, it could still be great. Um, yeah. So um, I'm just wondering, so what I'm wondering, the, the question I'm trying to ask is when you no longer have butterflies, what do you have left in your relation? Do you have a relationship or is it over? Because a lot of people tend to go from, I'm, I love you, which, which possibly means I like you, you know, but I don't have those butterfly feelings for you anymore. Therefore Mm -hmm. this relationship is over. And yeah, I'm wondering if that is the case or if you can be in a relationship without having those feelings. I think you can, because yes, when you first meet people and the person is all brand new and shiny, you get the butterflies, but at some point, you then settle to this new normal that doesn't have the butterflies like, oh my God, he just smiled at me or he just blinked at me kind of thing. It just becomes a normal relationship based on hopefully respect and trust and all the beautiful things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what I think as well. Um, does, anyone, does anyone not feel that way? Do, does, any, does anyone feel like once the feelings are over, the relationship is over? Well, I think it really depends because when you have butterflies for somebody, it's maybe you see them and you are attracted to them um, for whatever reason, or and let's say you start to get into relationships. Sometimes the things that cause the butterflies, you realize that maybe you made it up in your head. You know, these are assumptions that you had. That six pack was not a six pack actually. It was just a very picture <laughs> that he was wearing. I don't know. But you know, sometimes there are assumptions that you make up about the person and the more you get to know them, you realize that actually, you know, that shiny toy was not really that shiny. And then some of the sparkle kind of goes out of the relationship. You start to see them in the real world, you know, like you see them in like everyday situations. I think, you know, Keisha, you said it before, you know, the day after you see them put their, their underwear in the, on the bed or, or, or you smell their dirty socks and some of the kind of the facade kind of falls away. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is like a regular Joe, like everybody else. He's a guy like everybody else. or was a girl like everybody else. And so some of that, the butterflies then leave. But then that's the butterflies isn't what makes it love, right? Butterflies mm-hmm. is not love. Butterflies is just feelings. It's just emotion. Yeah. And, and so it really depends on the basis of the relationship. If it was based on, on love, whatever you, you know, the way I see love is, it is not about, those feelings because I believe that love is a choice that we we make about another person and so regardless of whether those butterflies come or go so far as there is a foundation the relationship should should continue I, I guess the issue is you know if those um butterflies never come back if you never feel because you do want to have a little bit of a a feeling when you see the other guy, the other person if it goes and it never comes back then there is a problem of course but yeah. you know relationships are never like straight they go up and down exactly yeah yeah never i think so say that again so you can never really hold on to on to butterflies no you uh, can't yeah. like catching a butterfly is hard yeah <laughs> i feel i feel like when you're feeling butterflies you should just stab you should just stab them all <laughs> 
Terrible. Get rid of them. Oh, I wow. think butterflies are like, for me, kind of like a like a, a gateway into like the possibilities. Mm. The reason you had all these butterflies is because you saw like a future with you know someone, or you could imagine that you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whether it's like living together, sharing finance, having kids, whatever you know, like the butterflies are gonna go away, but like that's because you're already doing all that stuff and like building a life with someone. Mm. That's interesting because I tend to find like I get but like I, sometimes I get butterflies without even having to imagine all of that. Like sometimes it's just the excitement and the uncertainty of where it will go. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what sometimes yeah. gives me butterflies as well. So it's quite interesting that. You kind of get butterflies from thinking of the uh, possibilities, really. Yeah. That's just how I am. Like, if the butterflies are there, like, I'll just start imagining everything. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I sometimes think, like, the butterflies, for me, personally, they, they, it almost all, also feels like anxiety as well. Mm. So it's not always a sweet feeling. It's sometimes it's almost dread as well oh, sometimes wow. yeah, Girl. yeah. You okay? I was, I, i'm a love addict i'm a love addict so <laughs> my trigger my triggers so sometimes when i get butterflies i'm like Ooh, is, this a good, is this a good thing or a bad thing do we need to have a chat oh wow <laughs> do you chase the butterflies are you one of the people because like you said you're a love addict does that mean that you kind of continuously chase that butterfly feeling and yeah uh, so yeah, when the butterflies go, do you leave and then start looking for the butterflies again somewhere exactly, else? Exactly, exactly. But I'm, 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 I'm recovered. I'm recovering. That's why when I, when the butterflies start to come, I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Do we need to have a talk? Do we need to have a talk with ourselves about this? So yeah, yeah. But no, it, it really feels like anxiety, and it's not, it's not always a good feeling. Sometimes I feel, but yeah, that's just mm-hmm. me. Though. Mm-hmm. I know what so, you mean. Yeah. So moving on, um, have have you ever um, has anyone here ever experienced unrequited love? Um, I feel like it's a dreadful feeling when you like someone a lot, or you feel like you've got feelings, butterflies, love for someone, but they're not they're not um, reciprocating that love back, or they don't even see you. And I'm just wondering how um, men are taught to deal with that kind of situation versus how women are taught. And not just growing up, but be- in, within our friendship groups. Because sometimes we women will be like, oh, that guy did this. And some girls will be like, oh, that means he likes you. But actually, it's not true. <laughs> so I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm going to go to the guys first. How, do, how are you taught in your friendship groups and just generally taught to handle that kind of uh love mm. Mm. Jeremiah, do you want to start Ooh, yeah. i mean jp uh, <laughs> well good um do you want to start actually because i'm trying to i'm trying to think actually i can't really i'm thinking like how do we um how are we taught how, and, uh, i don't um, know I don't know if I'm taught, if I was taught to handle unrequited love, mm-hmm. particularly because my father was a cheater. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, <clears throat> again, it comes to having like 
good friends and it depends on the situation. Like a lot of, for me, the unrequited love is between, it's like a love triangle kind of thing where it's like me and another person who really have a strong connection, but they're in a year long committed relationship. Um, so there's that moment of like, just torture every time you see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some friends are like, fuck up. And then other <laughs> friends are like, no, nah, like, you know, just let that be, you know, don't be a homewrecker. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Who knows where the, the the chips may fall, girl? You <laughs> know, tell her. Well, they're not married yet. <laughs> they ain't married yet. If it was serious, they'd be married by now. You know, wow. <laughs> just a placeholder. Um, now, the worst for me was uh, my um, the ex, the, the one I was telling you about for like six years. Um, he was actually married to a friend of mine. Um, oh my god but he started the military when he was really young like 20 i want to say um and they got married because they like give you benefits and things like that um but it was really really hard because he would like show up and we would like i don't know we like fell in love Mm. i can't do this can i did you (laughs) i did many times In the kitchen counter, in the bathroom, California, cross state lines, <laughs> in the bottom of the ocean. I'll get oh wow! Get a couple times. Oh my! <laughs> in the back of a liquor store. Oh dear God! <laughs> You're All talking right. to people that haven't been there in a while. Let's send me on. Well, yeah, exactly. We're too excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh dear oh dear um anyone else anyone else want to comment yeah well with unrequited lovers in i guess ages ago i did have a crush on someone that had a girlfriend even though i had a boyfriend at the time and oh, oh it Another was the, it was the most stressful time of my life to be honest as in i liked him and i think he did no, I don't know if he liked me or not. I don't think he did anyway, but it was just so stressful. Like the anticipation of, and we worked together. So mm-hmm. every Monday I'd be in knots thinking, oh God, I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. And it was stressful, but eventually I got sacked from the job. So I didn't have to see <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank God. Thank God yeah. for that. That sounds really hard. It was, yeah. it was stressful. It made me... I was always anxious because I was just like, well, I like him, but it doesn't just seem to see me or it cannot see me. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was stressful. It was a terrible feeling. And I don't know how to, I don't think there was any way I could have prevented liking him anyway. Mm -hmm. You just seemed like someone I'd liked. Why did you never make a move? He had had a a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend. And she had a boyfriend. (laughs) They weren't married. (laughs) That's harsh. (laughs) That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the other thing that Jake is like, yeah, you better get your blessing, girl. Even if I did not have a boyfriend at the time, there's always that thing of, oh well, I don't want to be a the way oh, I guess we would, women would say, I don't want to be a homewrecker. I don't want to be seen as how a, is that a homewrecker? They're not married. The thing is, if you, don't, if you don't express your feelings, you need to give him the option to say yes or no, knowing that you're also putting your heart on the line and he can choose to 
Not I think, true. see, so the thing is, eventually years, maybe like 10, 11 years later, we, we were friends when the crush died. And he said he did, he knew I liked him, mm. but he just pretended like he did not know. Just oh, Okay, so, fair enough, fair enough. Which, which even crushed me even more. I'm like... But wouldn't you have felt better if you just knew? As in, in what like, world would you have felt better? No. Because you would have known where you stood. As in, the anxiety yeah, would been gone. Keisha, you're you're talking stopped. from the head. You need to think from the heart, man. At that time... <laughs> oh, I agree with Keisha. I think it's much healthier if you know. Otherwise, you're waiting... But even if you know... Days, you know... But yeah. even if you know that the person didn't like you back, it won't even stop you from liking them anyway. It won't, but at least it will stop me from dreaming. And I can just move on. I think no. dreaming I might think, help uh, you. Just like, well, he'll just break up with his girlfriend and no, these things are not that's, that's unrealistic, though. If you're, yeah. if you're dreaming, so it's bet it's better to just nip it in the bud. Exactly, mm. but that comes with experience. Like I remember, maybe about ten years ago, maybe even longer. There was this guy that I really liked. He had just come out of a, a six-year relationship, and every aspect of my head told me that this was like the worst mistake I could possibly make. But I did exactly what we were talking about, which was to say, dude, I really do like you. And we started a relationship, but it was the worst six months of my life because even though we had discussed it, we were, we were, we were in a relationship. I don't think he was emotionally in the same space as me. I was invested and he was just, he could, he could either have it or not have it. And so one day I would get his attention. The next day I would not get his attention, which is like, just like, just fucks your mind because you're in a relationship with somebody who is not invested, but you put yourself out there. It is like the worst place to be. And then I had to make a decision to say after six months of like every Every time you just did not know. There was a part of me that was addicted to the highs and the lows. I won't lie. There was a part mm. of me that was like, this is such a, a thrill. And, you know, there was a part of me that felt, look, I can conquer this guy. I can make him mine. And we would build this beautiful life together. And we would have babies and all of that. There was a thrill of the chase that I really enjoyed. But there was this emotional, like, void that I would go into. If, say, for example, I called him and he didn't pick up my phone. Like I would just go into this, the depths of depression. It's horrible feeling, mm. you know? And I think it takes a lot of maturity when you, when you see someone that doesn't respond to you emotionally to disconnect, want to say how you feel and to be able to handle the fact that you're being rejected by this person. It takes a lot of maturity, I have to say. And I, I, today though, I would never, if, if, if a guy is not responding to, if I like somebody and he's not responding, I will I will cut my losses and I will remove myself from that situation completely because it is so, it can be toxic, not from the guy's side. He may not mean to be, but you've just, emotion is just too much for you to take and it's better to just move yourself away from it. So it's it's a really horrible space to be, this unrequited love. It's really, really horrible. It Um, is, yeah. Just really horrible. Never again, I can tell you. Never again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I've, I, I've been there so many 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 times as a as a love addict and I guess as you said Ruby I was addicted to that thrill of not knowing what's gonna happen and when they don't text you and then when they text you back you're like oh my god yay and that that roller coaster so the butterflies are up and down and 
yeah, it's horrible. But as you said, it takes a lot of maturity to remove yourself from that situation and also to know when that is happening to you and be like, I'm done with this. I can't do this. JP, you wanted to say something? No, no. Um, I didn't have anything particular to say other than, you know, that, yeah, you're right. It's horrible to be in that situation when, you know, you love someone or you like someone and, you know, maybe they don't quite like you back. I Personally, I just tend not to, I think I just tend not to get involved unless like I kind of see like the feelings being reciprocated a bit on their end. Yeah. If I don't see that happening on their end, then I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to try and start getting involved in that way. Um, but if I start seeing the feelings being reciprocated, then I'm like, okay, cool. And I get a little bit more invested, a little bit more invested. So I don't think I've actually been in the situation entirely where, um, you know, I've really liked someone and then they've just had like no kind of interest. I wouldn't allow myself to like someone that much mm, if yeah. I saw that they weren't. Have you been in a situation where you're the unrequiter of the love then? Whereas you know somebody's into you, JP, but you're just like, uh, I don't like it that way. Yeah, would you like a, ignore it or would you actually have a conversation? It depends. It depends, I think. I think like if it's like someone who is in my life quite a bit, then I'd have a conversation with them. If it's someone who's like dotting in and out and in and out, then I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really around this person enough to really want to get in a conversation with them and sort out the atmosphere between us. I'm like, the atmosphere, that awkward atmosphere doesn't exist for, for you know, a long period of time, so I can deal with it. But yeah, no, that does, this has happened a few times, I think, just over like maybe the last few months or so. It's been a bit... Okay. <laughs> Cedric's like, okay. Run them away. Okay, daddy. <laughs> I think what sometimes does happen is um, I don't actually think it's the guy's fault or it's the girl's fault. Sometimes you meet somebody, and maybe it's maybe in your head you think it was something casual, you know, and but in the other person's head, they thought it was more than that. Yeah. You know, and then at some point along the line, what you thought was casual, maybe one day you just, they just say something that makes you realize that, uh oh, they're actually planning, you know, the, the wedding. And you're like, like, Ooh. Really bad <laughs> when it's like yeah. casual or when it's just like flirty, I'm just like, oh, I thought we were just having a good time. Now I'm in bonds. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> How did I end up here? <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I remember JP that you, I remember this very clearly that when we, when we first met, when we went out, you said, mm. um, one of the things you said is it takes you six months to actually know if you like someone. So, and that, that stayed with me because like, for me, I fall in love so quickly, but you're like, I study people. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember that? I, I, don't, I can't remember saying the six month thing. I don't know. Like, would I say six months now? I would say, I mean, no, I wouldn't say it's necessarily six months. Maybe I'll condense that a little bit now. To, to, depends on how much time I spend with them. But no, I definitely would say that I'm quite analytical when it comes to kind of people in that way when I'm starting to get to know them. Like, I'd only, I think I'd only let someone into my life 
to that kind of degree where I really like them if I saw like a potential future or something, maybe. Wow, that's deep. Nice. What yeah. keeps you there that long? Like if it's like two months or six, like while you're deciding if you like someone or not, what like... What I'm not really... I think I'm more interested in them. I'm more intrigued in finding out just about them and learning more about them. And that can, you know, sometimes that's even years down the line. Like maybe I've been with someone for like two years and I'm still interested in kind of discovering how they act in certain situations or whatever. I'm still getting to know the person, I suppose. But, you know, um, whether I love someone or not, I feel like I need, there's certain boxes that need to be ticked. And then I suppose like when they're kind of ticked and they meet those kind of needs that I have and um, you know I can see how we can work like in tandem in a way then yeah oh child I just love hearing you speak <laughs> don't you just want to tick his boxes Cedric Oh. <laughs> right. He's used to it by now. <laughs> so, um, what? How important is sex when you're in love? So, I think, JP. Yeah, like I think. Um, cool. How important is sex? I think it depends on and how secure you feel in the relationship. The reason being is that if you feel like very secure in a relationship um, and you know why the person like loves you and the fact that they can't find that anywhere else. And I think like, you know, the, the sex is important, but I think it loses precedence in a way, personally, because a lot of the reason why a lot of people feel like sex is so important in a relationship is because it shows that the person still loves them a lot. If they show their love in a different way, then sex kind of does, can lose precedence there. Mm. But I, I do feel like, you know, if that's the one thing that kind of proves to you that they love you or like, you know, um, that's how they like to symbolize their love, like in the bedroom, like having sex with you, then I think it gains precedence. And then it's kind of, it's up there, you know, it becomes very important in the relationship because the relationship is all about, you know, kind of, you being in a partnership i suppose and maybe it's not all about like just you know them expressing their love towards you but it's a big part of it especially at the start so yeah i feel like in that way sex has got everything and nothing to do with it Mm, interesting keisha what are your thoughts i i i think the two things are separate um i don't think sex is that important when it comes to love i think love is something that the the way you defined it it's just an emotional response dopamine hormones so when that dies what have you got left you know you have to sustain your relationship on something and sex can't be that so i just don't think that sex is that important when in love i think there's a lot of other factors that you need to look into um, trust, commitment, um, security, friendship, but definitely not sex. Because mm. you can always work on sex. I mean, you can always work on making sex be- better. 
And I'm assuming you would have had chemistry in the first place before you decided to date the person. So if you've got a bit of chemistry, you can always work on the sex. I feel like all of that could, um, you know, do with a little bit of work, not just the, the sex part. I think all of it is maybe just to, actually, you know what? I feel like some with some people, like once you start to get a feeling for having sex with them, I don't feel like sex changes that much over time with that person, you know? Mm. And Ew. that's a bit of a shame with some people, you know? It just yeah. kind of stays the same and it doesn't okay. change at all. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's me personally. Beige. That's beige. <laughs> beige sex. I guess, like, with sex, I guess you can always improve. You can always learn new things. Um, Cedric, what do you think? What, um, how important is sex when you're in love? I, uh, I would, I think I would agree mostly with JP that, um, for me, it's extremely important in the beginning. It kind of like lets me know where the feelings are, if that like strong desire is there. But over time, like different things matter to me. And if there's a person in my life for a long period of time, I'm now considering them a partner. And one thing I can't do, I realize is I can't have sex if I'm broke. Um, I haven't really fully unpacked it yet. I was thinking about it while we were talking, but like, if I know I have like bills to be paid and work to do as a freelancer, I feel weird, like laying around being comfortable and chilling. Like, why are we sitting here broke? Like, it's kind of like accepting the reality of the current time almost for me. So like, I would rather us be productive and do something towards getting money and then have sex. That can be the same day or that can be, a few weeks you know what I mean so if like we don't have sex for a few weeks there better be something else going on but like sex mm-hmm. you know whereas in the beginning it's like let's do it every day just to make sure we still like each other <laughs> <laughs> I like if I that logic I'd probably be a virgin so <laughs> I'm not that broke <laughs> I'm also uh, like all my feelings are like upfront, like immediate, you know? So that's, I, I really, I'm like kind of like raw in that way. Interesting. I'm going to move us on. Um, do, you, do you believe in soulmates? Do you believe that there's this one person on earth for you? Who, who believes in soulmates, first of all? Any one of us? Cedric believes in soulmates. Enlighten us. I believe in soulmates, but I don't believe in like just having one. Okay. You know, oh, okay. Over you like time. That. I mean, it depends on the person. Like some people, like I know people who've been married since they were seven, literally 17 out of high school, still together. Um, but that's one way to do it. There's other people who like more variety and are like polyamorous or whatever, or just like more open. Um, and for me, like, I feel like there are different stages in my life when I, where I've had what felt like soulmates. Um, and I was just this one person who was really like ride or die was sharing everything. And, you know, it just felt like a really important connection to have at that point in my life. Um, yeah. yeah. I believe in multiple. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, think I, I agree with oh, sorry. 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 Oh, no, you carry on, JP. 
Okay, no, I think I agree with um, <clears throat> Cedric in that way. Like, I think it really does depend on the the people in the relationship. Um, I mean, everyone's different, and I think it's very important to kind of really just appreciate that and understand that. Um, you know, we had a discussion uh, here like a few weeks ago, actually, about polygamy and monogamy. Um, and that was a very interesting conversation. Like two of our friends was like, we're, we're basically big advocates for polygamy um, and saying that monogamy doesn't work. And I feel like, you know, it depends on the person. What is that person's needs? You know, if that person needs um, a, a lot, if that person needs a lot, maybe they can't find all of that in one person. And so they need to have other people involved in their lives in order to fill that void. I feel like when people are, they don't need as much, then monogamy is probably more for them, you know, um, and they can maybe get by with one person or no one at all, you know. Um, and so I feel like it may, maybe it comes down to that. Maybe it comes down to what the person actually needs and what their desires are in life. Yeah. But I guess when it, when you, when we talk about polygamy, um, then soulmates don't apply because a soulmate is that just one person in this world who is just meant for you and no one else you're just meant for each other is it no one else is that the definition that's what a soulmate is there's just one person out there for me yeah whose definition is that (laughs) good question But that's the definition of a soulmate it's that one person from whom for your entire life who said that? Who said that? You know all these uh, movies, like there's always more than one soulmate. So is that really that there's only one soulmate? That's well, that's what soulmates are supposed to be. Just one but person. The that? idea, the idea that there's only one person out there for you. Oh my that's what a soulmate that's depressing. is. And that that's is a lot why. Of yeah, and that's. <laughs> exactly. That's why soul. That's why a lot of people don't believe in soulmates. I don't think any of us believe in soulmates. Which is what soul, I'm getting a at. Soulmate in a soulmate. Yeah, I don't believe in a singular one. No. Yeah, no. I think that's yeah. a very over romanticized view. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's more like a soul group, a group of people <laughs> that <laughs> listen to me. A group of people that have certain things that kind of kind of click with your spirit so there might be one person might be here in the uk another one in australia and they have this unique set of attributes and behaviors that if you ever meet meet them you guys just click and it's just all magical if that exists the, the idea I'm that it's not even about what you do it is about there is somebody destined for you regardless yeah. of whatever you do just kind of sounds very weird to me what if they're on the other side of the world and you speak different languages? I mean, game broken. Exactly. They're screwed, basically. What what if they die? What if they die before you meet? (laughs) No soulmate for you. This is the end. (laughs) Chill, chill. Y'all gotta chill. Uh uh. What if you you meet them when you're like. I've never met them learn this whole time. (laughs) Is that a soulmate? My soulmate is a white supremacist from Texas. Oh my ah. god! Whoa. That's so true. Yo, Keisha, you open if? that. You open that window for me. Now I'm fucked up. 
All right. Sorry, but like, <laughs> there can be only one, Cedric. There can be only one. But what if they can't travel because of COVID? I don't know. You're doomed. <laughs> You're doomed. <laughs> what if you met them when you were ten and you couldn't speak the language and then rapid that emigrated? Rapid fire, guys! It's rapid okay, fire time. Come on, we need to move. Crystal, oh. come on. That rapid fire. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. Rapid fire. Okay. So, if you had to choose the most important thing in a relationship. Would you choose love, the feelings, all those feelings we talked about? Or would you choose friendship? Or would you choose trust? And I'm going to start with Stone Cold Keisha. I would choose friendship hands down. Right. Um, and I'm going to go to Cedric. What would you choose? Trust. Trust. And Rashida? I'll choose trust as well actually jp so the options were trust friendship and what love love the feelings yeah oh trust friendship i mean trust i've got yeah i've got trust issues so yeah (laughs) so when you say Uh love you don't mean love you just mean the feelings all those feelings yeah you just so it's, it's either the butterflies friendship or trust yeah yeah, I think I would go for trust as well. Yeah. Okay. I'll Chris go Hall. for I'll go for friendship. Oh god, I thought you were gonna leave me as the last person who no, would no, no. <laughs> I'll go for friendship. I think I think friendship is the foundation of love. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Trust as well, but imagine I think if, so. if your friends are friendly with someone but you, you don't trust them. Then I don't see how the love and the butterflies can develop. Yeah, but I if wouldn't, I wouldn't be friends with you if I don't trust you, though. <laughs> I can be friends with you if I don't trust you because no, I, I can can't. forgive a lot in a friendship. Like we're friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, JP's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with JP. I have a lot of trust issues. Like, if I can't trust you, we're not going anywhere. So oh, that's that's yeah. the fundamental. You know, high five. <laughs> high five. Question everything you'd say or you do or anything. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah, okay. So, sorry, Cedric. What I don't did trust you say? all my friends. You know, there you go. trust and love her. Like, I I think you know you know people and you love them and you accept them for who they are. But I have different expectations for That's my right. romantic relationships, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although most of my friends I trust with my whole heart. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of friends. So the few that I have, I trust them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so we have come to the end of today's topic. Um, thanks to our listeners for joining us and listening. And thanks to our guests, Cedric and JP, for joining us. It's been a wild ride, and it's been so much fun. Um, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Your ratings will get our podcast noticed. Um, Cedric, where can we find your music and follow you? Mm, you can find me everywhere. Sorry if this is a bit too long-winded, but... Um... Since living in Berlin, I've been working on two projects. Um, one f- project is called Fat, F-H-A-T. Uh, we make a lot of disco, R&B, and dance music, and we are queer as fuck. It was, uh, <laughs> it was quoted, it was called uh, an anthology on queer living, which I really liked, so I've been saying that a lot. Um, and then there's Euphoric, 
which is the song most of you know. It's, for, it's called Loving You. Uh, and it's a more personal, like, slow, beautiful R&B. So, yeah, I encourage everyone to check them out. You can find me at Cedric Perry everywhere. S-E-D-R-I-C-P-E-R-R-Y. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that song, The One Loving You. It's my favorite one. Thank you. So I've listened have to that. some really good stuff coming. Cool. Yeah, nice. I'm and actually... Then, like with uh, Cedric, with your music, I actually, because um, we're friends and every time I hear you sing or open up your mouth as well, just to like kind of set, let out a little note here and there, I just keep on, and I, I then remember as well that you're actually like one of the most talented singers I think I've ever heard of. Like I, I actually said this a little while ago, I was talking to um, a few people and I was just like, you know what, I thought Daniel Caesar was probably one of my favourite singers of this generation. And then I was just like, but Cedric could compete, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Thank you. That is a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. Sorry. But like, um, I was generally just a little bit starstruck after that moment that I saw you at the, the basketball courts um, in Tempelhofer Feld. And then you were doing that like kind of public um, performance there, like on, on Chris's birthday. And I was just like, I was re- literally mesmerized by that whole moment by Cassandra. <laughs> oh, so, Thank you. Oh, yeah, that was, that was fun. You should put your Nubian dream on Spotify also. Yeah, yeah. I, it has been coming into my head a lot. I would love to. Do Please it, do, do it. Please, Please do. It's awesome. Please do. Yeah, you. You're, you are really talented. And so, yeah, it's been nice to have a celebrity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, our first, our first celebrity. So yeah. when you become when you become rich and famous, you must not forget us. Exactly, because <laughs> we're the ones that will be cheering you on. Like, woo! I have a request for Cedric. Actually, Cedric, you're from Philly, right? Yes. Boys to Men started in Philly, so if you ever meet them, please, I need you to introduce <laughs> me to them. My Gosh. life goal is to meet them. You already wow. met them. Yeah, but I don't meet them. I want to be friends with them. As in, I met them, took a picture, they've forgotten me. I need to be friends with them. But so if know. you ever have the hookup, I'm asking humbly, please remember Rashida and just send, I'd fly anywhere to meet them. So, wow. Rashida, if that ever happens, you have my word. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so JP, JP, where can we, uh, find and follow you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at just JP underscore Globetrotter Brown, Globetrotter underscore Brown. Um, I will probably change that long winded Instagram address at some point. Uh, I should probably, I don't know, leave it maybe a month now and wait for all of these wonderful people to start following me. Apparently that's how you make money on Instagram. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, that's the end of today. So thank you everyone for listening. Over and out. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Talking Single podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To continue the conversation, be sure to follow us on Instagram with the handle at Single Talks Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter with the handle Talking Single. We are downloadable on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe. 
leave us a great review and of course share with your family and friends would love to hear from you so leave us your comments or questions and do remember to tag us on any post with hashtag single talks take care and see you next week same time same place bye